Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Burgers and Brats. Got a great episode uh, for you guys today going over the latest college football playoff rankings that just came out. Let's predict some games for this upcoming week. NFL games, a weird week, a just crazy week in the NFL uh, this past weekend. Are going to give power rankings in that and predict a few of those matchups for later on coming up. Uh, but first, make sure you follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, anywhere else you get your podcasts at Burgers and Brats, and stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and hopefully you're watching right now on YouTube at Burgers and Brats. Now, I'm joined by a very special guest, Matt from the Prairie Report, also known as Grass News. Uh, Matt, thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, man, thanks for having me. And thanks for the new nickname, too, by the way. You know, I feel like that everybody has to know where the grass news comes in from. That is thanks to this man right here, Braxton, for uh, dubbing me as uh, grass news. So appreciate it, man. Yeah, not even a week old uh, with the new name. Also, because I wanted some Christmas music. Yeah, absolutely, man. Feeling uh, feeling good about it. Feeling good about it. Uh, So where can we find you on uh, social media? What can we find you as? Well, you know, I'm really active on Twitter, obviously. That's kind of the big thing that I've been doing for the last five, six years with uh, with the Prairie Report. Um, I've been pretty much the sole person and, you know, running that. Um, I, I'll write an article here and there from time to time. You can find me at prairiereportou.com. Uh, that's that's my website. Um, and then, of course, you can – I do, like, Instagram. I do some Snapchat stuff whenever I'm in town for games um you know so I, it's just prayer report OU on both of those um but yeah man mostly uh mostly on twitter i do some stuff on facebook as well under the prayer report uh webpage on facebook so um just kind of uh mostly active on twitter though so and i uh, actually just got started a second twitter right now here recently with prayer recruit and um that's where we're just getting a bunch of uh, recruiting news putting it on the timeline um, and that kind of is uh, got some clearance from the guys at Sooner Scoop, Football Brainiacs, um, you know, 247 with Brandon Drum, um, getting a lot of really good uh, crystal ball stuff retweeted. So that way we have all of Oklahoma's recruiting news in one line where uh, Oklahoma fans can find it in uh, the most convenient way possible in one spot. So that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's good, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with the OU fans, and we'll we'll have that out. Uh, I'll put that out on uh, Burgers and Brats come tomorrow when this uh, podcast drops. When I put that out there, but so let's get started. Let's talk college football playoff rankings. Another week, another just just laughing matter. Just oh, I I don't understand it. I know it's all for likes and views now, uh, but before we talk about the committee's uh, top teams, um, let's get let's go through our top six. So uh, coming at number. We'll start from we'll start from number one because we all know number one. So right. number one, I've got Georgia. Yeah, and the most dominant team. I mean, you could say they they really haven't played there anybody, but they've been winning by forty every game. So they are the most dominant team. Number two, I got OU, uh, the first nine and O team. Uh, haven't looked great doing it. Uh, had their first complete game uh, last week or two weeks ago. So we'll see if that carries on. They got a big matchup versus Baylor. That will determine if this OU team is real or not. Right. Cincinnati, nine and O. Uh, reward undefeated teams haven't looked great doing it, but you're undefeated. That's extremely hard to do. And then number four, I've actually got Ohio state in this one. Uh, I know they have that loss to Oregon. So that head to head is different, but Ohio state has looked a lot better uh, than Oregon these last few weeks. Uh, Not, not a great game against Nebraska, but we all kind of knew that was a trap game going in. 
but their offense has looked uh, really good. Uh, C.J. Stroud has looked uh, a lot better than what he did in the beginning beginning of the year. And defense though needs to step up there. Number five, I've got Oregon. Uh, only one loss in the year, but they had that great win at Ohio State where I don't think any of us picked Oregon to win that game. And then number six, I've got Bama. Uh, they've got that loss to, to A&M. They, they've been lucky. A&M looks really good right now, so maybe that loss isn't as bad uh, as we thought it was a few weeks ago, but Alabama just has not looked good. Six rushing yards against LSU last week uh, with an interim head coach. Uh, so that is my one through six. So, Malice, what's your one through six? So, absolutely, number one, obviously, Georgia. Um, like you said, and I know I've been a big uh, person out there saying this as well, that I haven't really bought into Georgia yet. Regardless of um, how the season ends, at this point right now, watching Georgia play football, it's very apparent they're the sole complete team in the country right now, and there's no arguing it. So um, you can only play the opponents that you have on your schedule. Georgia's done that. They've looked dominant against those teams. Um, so, yeah, they absolutely deserve to be number one, regardless of uh, how anybody feels that, you know, their season's going to end. Uh, number two, I have Cincinnati. Obviously, um, I don't have Oklahoma at number two solely because of the fact that we did struggle coming out of the season. We had a lot of trouble um, against some teams that we shouldn't have. Um, a lot of that could be pointed to coaching. A lot of that could be uh, pointed to maybe it's this guy isn't doing really good. We obviously struggle with our offensive line. So um, Cincinnati obviously gets a nod ahead of us at number two for that reason and for the fact that um, Cincinnati's a really good football team, and they've got probably one of the best defensive backs in the country um, on that defense. So they can play on both sides of the ball. Um, so I, I, right now I have Cincinnati uh, ahead of Oklahoma. They haven't really looked great, obviously, in a few games. But, you know, Oklahoma, we had probably like four or five games where we should have blown guys out, and we didn't. So that's why I have Oklahoma at number three. Uh, number four, I have Alabama. Um, obviously, they have a loss already. I'm not in favor of putting undefeated teams behind teams with a loss because it just doesn't make any sense, especially when you have those three teams uh, right there that are very good football teams. Um, they haven't lost yet. They shouldn't be punished for that. So I believe that Alabama comes in at number four. Then you talk about number five is Oregon. Obviously, they have probably one of the most impressive wins out of anybody in the top five right now um, with that Ohio State game. Um, man, and, you know, I'm really bummed that C.J. Verdell got hurt because he's probably one of my favorite running backs in the country right now. He's been very underrated, and I've been saying it since he's a sophomore. He's probably going to be uh, – could have been – should have been one of the top running backs in this draft class. So, uh, at number six, I've got Notre Dame, um, oh. I, which I know shocks a lot of people, but but when you're making the argument, uh, which a lot of people have, is that teams haven't looked really great and – uh, this and that, and haven't played anybody. Well, Notre Dame's schedule is probably one of the most difficult schedules out of anybody in the top ten, and I feel like they should be rewarded for that. I don't think that at the end of the season, Notre Dame's number six team in the country. But that's the thing about these rankings is we're going off a week-by-week basis, and Notre Dame has taken care of business outside of Cincinnati. You talk about quality losses, as much as that makes me want to vomit. Their <laughs> one loss is to the number two team in the country, so – how, how can you penalize a team for, for losing to the number two team in the country like that harshly? So um, that's that's my top six right there. I, I like that top six. I, I really hadn't thought of Notre Dame because we always – once they get that one loss, we kind of move past them. But I like that. 
our one through five was my one through five was that last week. Uh, I made some changes this week, but yeah, um, I like that Notre Dame. Uh, they do have a quality loss. Pretty reasonable compared to what we have, but you know that's just me. <laughs> yeah. so. Um, so the committee's rankings, uh, we'll go down uh, ten through one. Uh, number ten, Oklahoma State. Um, kind of like that. Uh, thought they yeah. maybe go nine. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame though comes in at nine. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma stays at eight. Michigan State falls to seven, even though with their head to head win over Michigan, who is at six. Uh, top five, Cincinnati, number five, four, Ohio State, number three, Oregon, number two, Alabama, and number one, Georgia. Uh, what do you see out of that top ten that you don't like, you like, you're just confused about? Oh, man, where do I start? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, my first one, obviously, is Alabama. You, Where are you going to put Alabama if they don't have a loss? Because – Georgia's the most complete team in the country. That was very apparent even as far back as four or five weeks ago when Alabama struggled with Florida. They struggled, obviously, and lost to Texas A&M, who has two losses. Um, I just – I don't get it. Where – how how has Bama lost and be in the same spot that they would be in if they have no losses? And I think that's really where you see the cracks in the system is if you can't pick a solid top two – and when you have three teams, technically four, but UTSA obviously doesn't belong in this conversation right now um, or ever. <laughs> but, Come on, give some love to the Roadrunners, bro. Hey, you know what? They, if they went out, give them a chance. Let's see what happens. I hope we get. It. I hope Oklahoma gets to go up against them. That'll be great. That'll be <laughs> easy first round win. But. Um, you know, when you have undefeated teams, especially power five teams that are undefeated and you have five teams with one loss ahead of a school like Oklahoma, regardless of how those games are played, if you do not put a one loss team ahead of Oklahoma, and that's where we're seeing a lot of game and shit from this committee. Obviously, there is a person from the Big 12 that's in there. I'm not going to mention their name because um, so, I'm not trying to dox anybody on the Internet. but. Um, you know, there is a, somebody from Big 12 in there, and I feel like there is some gamesmanship and a little bit of uh, Oklahoma being punished for wanting to leave the Big 12. I think that there is some politicking going against Oklahoma. Um, that's the only thing that can really make sense to me. Um, when you hear the explanations for how that this um, how this committee put together this top 10, I want to know what their affinity is with the Big 10. Um, you know, they, they literally are in love with that conference, but the West is a, uh, is a four-way tie between three teams that are six and three and a seven and two team, Um, you know, and so there's clearly no playoff potential between any of those teams. Um, You have the East with a three-way tie between uh, three, eight and one teams who have horrendous losses. Really Michigan's loss isn't that bad right now. But um, and then you have Michigan, 16 16 points at halftime. Like that, that shouldn't even be have a loss right now. It, it makes no sense. And, and, you're, and you're talking about the fact that they're ranked ahead of the team that beat them two, 10 days ago, 10 days ago. And, and it, it makes no sense. And I know that's been a big talking point today, too, uh, on ESPN. And, and then you look at the bottom half of the East, which is Indiana and Maryland and Rutgers. And it's just it's awful. And that's who Ohio State's played. Who what what win does Ohio State have? that you can justify having them ahead of Oklahoma that's undefeated. 
it, it, it doesn't make any sense. They've literally beat up on the bottom half of their conference. They beat Penn State, who lost to Illinois, three and six Illinois. For those people that want to also argue that Oregon loss being really, really bad to a three and six Stanford, Illinois is three and six as well. It just doesn't make any sense. The whole thing. I mean, there was it was poor communication in in, in the delivery of the rankings. It was a horrible way to put the uh, teams ranked in the top ten. Um, and, and it's just honestly at this point, it's disrespectful. I, I feel like to Oklahoma and to Cincinnati, and I'll even throw Michigan State in there as well. So it, yeah, it is like you go through this top ten. Who has Ohio State beaten? Mm-hmm. Who has a Michigan beaten? Right. Who has, um, who was said or or who was the other one? Uh, Ohio State. We said yeah, Ohio State. State. We said Michigan. Oregon. And then Alabama, Alabama. Alabama. Who have they beat? Who has Alabama beat? Right. These teams have beaten nobody, and to be ahead of a nine and zero Power Five team who's always making the playoffs, who's right. hasn't had a defense in a decade, um, but it has found ways to win. Uh, it, it is disrespectful, and it's just so contradictory because. This, like you said, Michigan State beat Michigan 10 days ago, and Michigan State is now behind Michigan. The committee just wanted, they did not want Michigan State in front of Michigan. Did you see what uh, the person said on the show last night? They said, we feel Michigan is a more dominant and complete team. They just lost to Michigan State 10 days ago. And then they, and then they have, so they have Oregon ahead of Ohio State. And tell me this, Ohio State is better than Oregon right now. Yes or no? Uh, I mean, on the field, uh, yes. based off the game that they played, they're not. And that's just my opinion. And and, and so this, you I, agree with Oregon over Ohio State? I, I agree with Oregon over Ohio State. I don't agree with them in the in the top five, you know, much less the top four. Um, I think that you're talking about – you want to talk about who should be ranked eight and who should be ranked nine. That's where your conversation with Oregon and Ohio State should be, um, not having them in the college football playoff. And – you know, a good buddy of mine came here on May Robbie and said uh, the other day on Twitter, and, and he quoted um, uh, Gary Barta about uh, Michigan. Uh, that now that you bring it up, where Barta said, at the end of the day, we thought about Michigan uh, was a better team and deserved to be ranked ahead of Michigan State. And Camiar quoted that tweet and said, this is exactly where there needs to be a balance between humans and computers for the rankings. If losses don't matter at the end of the day, then the system is far worse than the BCS. And I believe that's 100% correct because at the end of the day, we saw this all the time back when the SEC was becoming, you know, this big power conference where it was the best conference in the country back in 2008, 2009 when the SEC and uh, ESPN really started pumping the SEC a lot. And um, you saw a lot of games like what Oklahoma's won. You saw LSU struggling to beat Georgia. You saw LSU struggling to beat Kentucky. You saw LSU struggling to play against games against Arkansas and win. You saw them. So, you know, for, for me, it's like Tennessee and Arkansas struggling against one another when, when they're good and bad. And it's just like you see those games, good teams, championship teams find ways to win. Alabama's done it year after year, never been punished for it. Clemson's done it year after year, never been punished for it. You see Georgia do it year after year, never gets punished for it. So what is the difference? Why are we waiting whole entire conferences and then holding these teams back and then holding them different different standards when you can only control what you play, um, you know, who you play on the field? And that's this is really another reason, you know, when you check the – box and the list of things of why Oklahoma is leaving the Big 12, this is just another reason why. 
You know, there's no respect for the University of Oklahoma. And honestly, with the history that the University of Oklahoma has, we demand it, especially with the excellence that we've had in the football program. Yeah, SEC love. And somehow the Big Ten is getting love now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but- I just don't understand it. <laughs> You just wish uh, if they put Oregon in front of Ohio State. Personally, I think if they played again, I think Ohio State would win. If they played next week, I think I'd pick Ohio State over Oregon. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they're not going to say anything about Michigan and Michigan State. But... Yeah, they they did it for Oregon, Ohio State, but didn't do it for Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, anything else in the top twenty-five that point uh, get your attention? For me, you they finally put UTSA at twenty-three. They're nine and zero. I know. I know it's a. It's not a great conference. They don't really play great teams, but they they went to Utah last week at eight fifteen kick, eight fifteen p.m. kick, and they uh, just blew the brakes off uh, Utah. It was they won by like forty or something. Uh, I personally, I put UTSA in the top ten. You can't yeah. make much difference between teams two through ten right now. I'd go ahead and I there. I think they're definitely a top fifteen team um, compared to what these other teams are. Uh, I think they could. They should be maybe in the top top fifteen for sure. Maybe top ten just because I think they can hang at least for a while. You see in these bowl games like last year with Cincinnati hanging with Georgia, these smaller teams can compete uh, with these uh, larger teams. Mm-hmm. And then Purdue jumping all the way to nineteen after a win. I know they probably the two best wins of the year. Uh, Iowa and Penn State or Iowa and Michigan State. Uh, and then Baylor only dropping one spot after yeah, giving up 500 true. yards to a quarterback making his first start and a team who just fired their quarterback. I uh, love that for the Big 12. Uh, but a little I literally was about to say actually about the Big 12. I think that, that is probably the, the smallest drop any Big 12 team has had in any college football playoff uh, rankings after a loss. And then, again, that's kind of why I point back at that way, weighting the conferences and, and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And then how do you explain dropping Baylor one spot? That that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. The committee <laughs> makes no sense every week. This is just the worst. This is the worst I've ever seen the committee. I mean, I mean they always leave a team out in the end, but this is bad. The the Baylor thing was really the one thing for me that really just kind of was like that that just makes zero sense to me, just because you not only did they lose to an unranked team that um I believe uh, has a losing record. I, I'm, yeah. I can't remember TCU off the top of my head. I want to say they were like three and five going into the last weekend or something like that. Yeah, I think they're four and five um, now, I believe. Right. So, you know, the, the big thing about that is, too, is they just they just fired their head coach. So you not only did you lose to a, a team with a losing record that's unranked, but you lost to a losing team with, the, with a, a losing record without a head coach. And, and Daniel you, Mordecai made his first start, or uh, which – was it Mordecai? Uh, uh, no, no, that was Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris, first career start, 500 yards passing. And, and it's like, then, then you add that in there too. So it's just like, you know, there's no way to make this loss look good yeah. for Baylor. And they dropped one spot. And I was I was fully prepared for, for Baylor to be 24-25. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about I was expecting them to drop like a rock. Yeah. And they, they moved back one spot. It, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> And then you see Wake Forest drop two spots. I mean, they weren't favored going into the game. I picked North Carolina to win that game. But they had a 15-point lead going into the fourth quarter and then gave up 60. So uh, they only fell two spots. But um, under team, by the way. North Carolina was 4-4 in that game. So it's – and they dropped two spots. I just don't understand it. Like I said, there's just so many head scratches. 
Um, UTSA, I think that they should be top 16. That's what it takes to be able to be considered for a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think this is where the committee fails a lot, is they don't just go ahead and give the teams that are undefeated the opportunity, the UTSAs of the world, the Marshalls in 2014 or 2015, I can't remember when it was. Um, go ahead and rank them high. If they lose, if they lose a couple of games, it takes care of themselves and you can move them out of the rankings or as far back in the rankings as you want. But give them the chance. That's the whole reason we came to the playoff and changed to the playoff was to give the Boise States of the world, those group of five teams, the opportunity to have a chance at the playoff. And as you can see clearly from these rankings, um, instead we're getting political agendas being pushed and um, it's become about money. And then you want to talk about how ESPN may have a hand in this because it's their show. And you have the NCAA getting involved now because this is their you know, this is their league. And then you want to talk about, well, now that you have this third entity in the committee and all their personal biases and stuff like that to come into it. So there's a lot that's coming into play in these rankings and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's getting people like you and me riled up and talking about how awful they are and stuff like that, because guess what? That makes us want to go back next week and see what the hell they're going to do. Then. You know what I mean? So it's, they're doing what they're supposed to be. Yeah, and uh, one last thing before we uh, move on to this week's picks. Um, notice how there's no SMU. There's no Houston rank. Uh, these are one-loss teams in group of five conferences. They've been – yeah, one-loss teams, and they've been really good. Which beat TCU, who beat Baylor. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's just me, though. Doesn't yeah. make any sense, bro. I'm, I'm ready to go back to the BCS. Bring it back. Bring me, um, give me computers. Give me computers. There needs to be some computers, at least, in, in the mix. Um, so let's break down this week's uh, college football action. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with a lot of big – some Big Ten games. Uh, yeah. Number six, Michigan at Penn State. Uh, I think the line opened up minus one for Penn State, but now it's even uh, as of last few hours. Uh, even line, so no one knows who's going to win this game. Uh, Big, Ten, Big Ten West showdown. Uh, Michigan has relied uh, heavily on the run game this whole season. Uh, Haskins, their quarterback, uh, 829 yards, 11 touchdown. Uh, Penn State with three losses on the year, uh, two bad ones. Uh, but two of them by less than a field goal combined. And then the other was uh, nine by Ohio State, nine points by Ohio State. And they're two and two versus the top 25. Uh, I'm not really sold on Michigan. Uh, anything can happen in the Big Ten like we've seen. Uh, Cade McNamara, uh, the Michigan quarterback, has not had a great year. Uh, 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. So pretty steady for the Big Ten. Uh, but Sean Clifford with 2,300 yards, 16 touchdowns. I'm going – I'm going upset. I'm going – I don't know if it's an upset. The line's even. But uh, Penn State, 21-17. I just think the Big Ten's just starting to fall. I don't, Michigan, this is where they collapse towards the end of the year. I don't think they can keep it going. I mean, that's been the trend for both teams, right? You see Penn State, they play up to competition a lot. And yeah. They play against bad competition. They play down to bad competition. That's been the big – uh, the big thing a lot of people are really uh, frustrated about in uh, in, in college uh, – <laughs> I almost said college station, college park, uh, <laughs> university or whatever it is over there in Pennsylvania. Uh, they get really frustrated, obviously, just because it seems like they, they can't play just dominant. You know what I mean? Like they're, they've got great teams. They've got good, solid teams. But they play up and down to their uh, competition. And then you have Michigan who – uh, obviously in the last half of the last two or three years has really, really struggled. Um, you know, obviously they, the Ohio State game is always back there. That's usually uh, a big uh, a big reason or a big cause for why they're struggling. 
so bad. Uh, I know they came in with the number one defense a couple of years ago in the country and then gave up 60 to Ohio State. It just seems like it's Penn State. You know what I mean? It, it, it seems like a good opportunity for the upset to happen just because of the characteristics that both teams have. So Penn State? Yeah, Penn State. All right. Um, they, they played great against Ohio State until the last two minutes or so uh, when it finally when they kicked that field goal or whatever. But uh, So both going Penn State. I hope Vegas is listening. Uh, so let's move to the SEC. Uh, number 11, Texas A&M. Great win last week, actually, against Auburn. Uh, heads to Ole Miss, uh, number 15 in the land. Ole Miss is – or A&M is favored by two and a half. Uh, these are two pretty hot SEC teams right now. Uh, A&M is finally getting up to that hype. I'm finally going to give them some love. Uh, this week, uh, both teams can definitely control their own destiny, actually, in the SEC with uh, two losses. The Ole Miss defense is giving up 430 yards per game. Uh, so I expect uh, Spillers to just run all over. Right. I think AM will um, pretty much do uh, maybe whatever they want to this defense. Uh, but it can be Matt Crow's signature Heisman Trophy winning game. Uh, right. This could definitely be it. But that said, I'm going Aggies 28-25. Here's the thing, man, and this is this is a big thing for me, is who do you have more faith in, Matt Corral or Calzada? And I got yeah. more faith in Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin. Uh, that's just me. Uh, I think that Ole Miss defense is obviously the most suspect. And this, you're going to have good on good for uh, Texas A&M and Ole Miss and, and bad on bad. Uh, offense is bad for Texas A&M. Defense is bad for Ole Miss. Offense is good for Ole Miss. Defense is good for Texas A&M. It's a good old gritty, old-fashioned Big 12 matchup. So I'm all good for it, and I'm going to go with Ole Miss. All right, Ole Miss. Uh, first differ in the picks. All right, second, second, second though. Uh, so let's go back to the Big Ten. Uh, Purdue, who comes in at 19 on the week, heads to number four, Ohio State. Ohio State's actually given tw- or favored by 20 points in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually a little surprising to me. I I might fly to Vegas and bet uh, on Purdue for this game. Um, they're called the spoilers, uh, spoiler makers for a reason. Uh, Stroud, though, he has stepped up since that Oregon loss, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, defense, though, they're actually one of the worst in the countries. I don't know why they're not talking about that in these college football playoff shows. They rank 104th overall total defense. Uh, Purdue, I think they're going to air it out against this Ohio State secondary. Uh, Purdue uh, actually has more top 25 wins than Ohio State right now. Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting, high, uh, fun, high-powered offense game. Uh, but with that said, I'm going Bucks 31-28, but I think America, we're all rooting for the spoiler makers. And I, I definitely think Purdue can get this done. I, I really do. I mean, you know, you look at what Purdue has turned into uh, over the last several years uh, based off of that big win against Ohio State. They've, they've, their whole recruiting game has changed a lot. And they, they've been getting a lot of pieces that they normally don't get. Um, David Bell being one of those guys, he's just been a monster. And uh, I think that he'll probably have a, a pretty big game. I think that we're going to see Purdue kind of come out and jump on Ohio State. Ohio State's going to try to outswag Purdue in the first half, yeah. come in, get their head on straight, and then they're going to come out in the second half, and they're absolutely going to beat the crap out of Purdue. And I've actually got them winning like 49 to 21. Really? So um, I, I think it'll be 21-14 at the half Purdue. And then I think Ohio State just opens up a can on them in the second half, man. (laughs) I I can definitely see it being super close at half and then Ohio State just coming out, especially Mm -hmm. since it's at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But right. Purdue did go to Iowa, and they were at Michigan State, I believe, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They um no no the, the Michigan State no game. no they were at Purdue when they played Michigan State. Yeah. So one and one home and yeah, they've got one on the road, one one at home. So All right, let's add but, another uh, Purdue. I would love I would love to be wrong about that one. I'll go ahead and I'll say that. <laughs> me so, too. Purdue, if you're out there right now, make me happy. <laughs> As she, Ohio State will probably move up to number two with the loss, quality yeah. loss. It's a uh, very quality loss to a top 20 team. <laughs> uh, number eight, Oklahoma uh, heads to number 13, Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma, five and a half point favorite, nine and oh, feel disrespected by the committee. Um, Baylor coming off of just an awful, shocking loss uh, where they're expected to win to a Gary Patterson less uh, TCU. The last four games in Waco have been crazy. Uh, with OU coming into town, I expect nothing less uh, this year. Uh, Gary Bohannon, I think he's got a case to be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. Obviously, now we'll put him behind uh, Williams, but he's probably the second best quarterback in the Big 12. 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Uh, Baylor really relies on that running game, averaging 230 yards rushing a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's remarkable. Uh, I, I do expect him uh, Baylor just run the ball uh, down our throats uh, the re- the whole game like these other teams have been doing keeping Caleb Williams off the bench or on the bench uh, limiting their possessions in the first half for sure I think if oh you can get one one to two turnovers maybe just one capitalize off that I think uh, they're in great shape uh, they have been really lucky against Baylor uh, I think the trend continues and OU is undefeated in November since 2014 uh, history is on their side uh, this team knows how to win down the stretch. I'm going OU 35-29. They give up some points, but uh, that offense saves them again. I disagree that really? we're not going to be giving up a lot of points. I um, think okay, okay. There, there's a few things that I've seen this week that were very interesting. Number one, Lincoln, last week when the polls got released, he didn't really say a lot. Normally, when when Lincoln's you know spinning the yarn and talking at the stand, Man, we're close. We're things, close every time. You no, know, he's 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 always spinning the yarn. But this week, he just he kept it short and sweet. My guy is pissed. He had to sit for two weeks and watch his team get absolutely disrespected in the polls. And then on top of that, you have to listen to Joey Galloway, probably the worst college football analyst of all time dog you on college football <laughs> final no and then the other thing that i saw um you got uh nick benito i i don't know i don't know the context of this maybe he's feeling a little frustrated uh but i guess in in one of the games the other night uh, you know they were rushing one of their uh their better rusher uh nick benito said well th- this is what happens when you let your rushers rush and then he deleted the tweet and so I'm thinking Nick Benito is is really feeling kind of frustrated. I think that Lincoln and Alex Grinch are both dialing up a game plan that's just going to absolutely come out and smack Baylor in the face. I think that they're going to set Nick Benito free. I think you're going to see um, the linebackers get a lot more active in coverage. I think you're going to see them shut down the run game up front. You got Jalen Redmond back. You're going to get that push. You've got uh, Perrion Winfrey is going to be coming out playing like an absolute madman. Woody Washington is back. Yep, Woody Washington's back. So we're going to be getting uh, best on best uh, in in the secondary. I'm I'm excited for it. You know what I mean? This is probably the most healthy that Oklahoma's been in the last month. And we're rolling in, coming off of a bye week. Everybody got a little bit of extra rest. 
Um, there was Baylor's obviously not as high. Baylor's kind of down right now. After yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of bulletin board material for Oklahoma, and Baylor is limping into this game right now. I have Oklahoma winning, and I think it's going to be probably about five or six touchdowns difference. I, I think we're going to blow the lid off of McLean Stadium, maybe get a couple turnovers here in the first half, just flip the game on its head early, and then coast our way to the win. All right, let's hope so. I mean, uh, expect nothing less. I mean, the players look mad on Twitter, yeah. so we'll see if they bring that to the field. Uh, it, it should be fun down in Waco. Um, anything else to add college football-wise? Uh, no, man. I mean, really the big, uh, big thing that I'm going to say is definitely watch that Georgia Tennessee game this week. That's going to be the best offense that Georgia's faced all year. And I think that's going to be, um, a, a pretty decent measuring stick. Um, Tennessee's a five and four team, not a lot of, you know, flash when you look at it, but they've, they put up some points on some people this year. So, um, I'm pretty interested to see how that game turns out. They just came off a win against Kentucky, I believe. Right. Yes, sir. All right. Top 20. <laughs> yeah, I think they're 16, so good win for Tennessee. Uh, Georgia's best um, team they're going to face uh, so far. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, that's all from college football. Let's move into the NFL. Um, let's talk power rankings first. Um, NFL power rankings, just an insane week. Um, but I don't know what to make of it uh, in NFL. Um, but let's go through this. Uh, number 10 for me, we'll go through our uh, 10 through five each, and then we'll go one through uh, five through one. Uh, number 10, I've got the Browns. Um, no OBJ, no problem. Uh, they look pretty good uh, against a great, pretty good, pretty good Bengals team that's been finding their way uh, with the run game and pass game. Uh, number nine, I've got the Bills dropping all the way down to uh, number nine, uh, just awful loss against Jacksonville. They they still got great signs on offense, but they've got to use it, especially with Stephon Diggs. Uh, number eight, I've got the Chargers. A close win against Philadelphia, uh, but coming at number eight, dropping a little bit. Uh, number seven, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they've got the offense, but it just took a bye week last week against Denver. Uh losing 30 to zero. I don't know how to explain that, but yeah. uh, I'm dropping the Cowboys to seven on that. And then number six, I've got the Ravens. Uh, I believe they won uh, this past weekend, yeah. uh, but they look pretty good. Uh, starting to form uh, Lamar Jackson, starting to do pretty good, uh, turning it on. So that's my six through 10. Uh, what are your six through 10? Uh, gosh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. My six through 10, I've got uh 10. I've got uh Buffalo, uh, Nine, I've got the Chargers. Eight, I've got oh, thanks, <laughs> You bring some for the rest of us? It's all good. Yeah, I got some food delivered. Uh, <laughs> number, I, I was at number eight, right? Uh, yeah. I've got Pitt. I've got Pittsburgh uh, oh. at number eight. I think that they're going to, I think they're starting to kind of get back a little bit more healthy. Yeah, uh, pay the rest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, That's how you win uh, games. I've also got Deontay Johnson on my fantasy team. So I'm like, you know, I've kind of like, I've been a big fan of him this year because he's yeah. giving me a lot of points. So, you know, got to throw him a bone, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, number seven, uh, gosh, um, you know, I've got, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember who I said so far. Good grief. I'm sorry. Chargers, <laughs> Bills, Steelers. Yeah. And then I've got Dallas. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So we both got Dallas. I <laughs> lost my place. <laughs> Uh, I've got Dallas. Um, as a Dallas fan, I always expect that when we start off six and one, we're immediately going to follow it by going one and six um, because I'm an optimist. 
Um, you know, if I was if I was a pessimist, I'd say we go home in seven. But you know, I'm an optimist. We'll win a game. Um, but uh, and then I've got uh, Tampa Bay. All right, uh, my five through one. I've got Tampa Bay at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not much difference there. And then the Rams at four. Uh, they they've looked really good. Two losses, just that awful Sunday night performance. Uh, number three, I've got the Titans. I can't believe they're number three right now. I mm-hmm. don't know how. No Derrick Henry. They went into L.A. and just stomped the Rams. Yeah. Uh, looked great on all cylinders. Um, then number two, I'm keeping the Packers here because, or actually, I dropped in one spot, but I'm um, keeping them in top two. Just they almost beat the Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers, and that, they look so bad. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just carries that team, and they still had a chance to win. It, it was an awful game to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I got the Packers at two, and then Ca- Cardinals are retaking their throne at number one. No Kyler Murray, no Hopkins. Cole McCoy is the backup. They go drop 41 points on the Great. road. Put them back Great. at number one. Uh, Cardinals looking like Super Bowl contenders right there. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So I've got, uh, I've actually got the Rams coming in at number five. Uh, number four, I've got Baltimore. Uh, number two, uh, or number three, excuse me, I've got Green Bay as well. Uh, number two, Tennessee, and then Arizona. And number one, pretty, pretty boring top five there. But um, Arizona, for me, coming into their, uh, what is this, third year? Kyler Murray's third year. Uh, uh, yep. Second year. Second. Third year. Second. Third year. Oh, third. Third year, yeah. So Coming into his third year. Jesus, it's been so long, man. Uh, yeah, but gosh, Kyler, dude, is just an absolute game changer. And, you know, I love to bring it up. Uh, I Whenever uh, he was making the decision of going pro or uh, coming back and playing uh, football in college, I went on a lot of podcasts. And I had a lot of people who were telling me how stupid I was that, you know, I was suggesting that Kyler should pass up on the easy money and, and give the uh, give, give college football a try. He did it. Worked out pretty well, if you ask me. Um, and how about Cliff, Kling, uh, Cl- uh, Cliff Kingsbury failing upwards and getting fired from Texas Tech, hired as a professional coach, and now he's got the number one team in the league. Yeah. This just – there's just so much about Arizona to love. And it's you you think about DeAndre Hopkins with all the stuff that happened with Bill O'Brien and him in Houston. You talk about uh, J.J. Watt and the character and the individual that he is. You, I, I mean, it's really honestly just a Texans rehab facility at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, but it, it's just – it's such a good story. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm not so much of an NFL fan as I am a college football fan. So I always do kind of root for those teams that are like the underdogs outside of my team, the Cowboys, because I have nothing to cheer for. It's a Cowboys fan ever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I went for the, I went for the Cardinals when they played in the Super Bowl. I'm still going for the Cardinals. I'd love to see Kyler win a Super Bowl. Um, hopefully against Baker. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. The Cardinals uh, just look phenomenal. And, um, who who are your Super Bowl picks right now? It's it, it's pretty easy, I think, on the NFC side. Uh, mm-hmm. AFC side is kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, looking at our top ten, it's basically all uh, NFC. I know a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, my whole top five was NFC, and my whole bottom five was uh, AFC. Right. Uh, but right now, I think I I really don't know. I know Cardinals, and then it could be the Ravens, it could be the Browns, it could be uh, Chargers, it could be anyone. But I know Cardinals for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, 
All right, let's pick a few uh, NFL games. Uh, not many, not many great games. It's been a pretty bad slate uh, the last few weeks. It really uh, has. Middle of the year, kind of funky, you know. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with Cleveland at New England. Uh, New England's actually favored by one and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's because no Nick Chubb. Uh, yep. But don't worry, no OBJ. So they're going to get a win. Uh, Cleveland, they looked really good over the Bengals, forty-one to sixteen. Uh, the Cincinnati team's pretty looked pretty good last few weeks. Uh, Baker had a perfect passer rating, uh, pretty insane. Uh, putting all those uh, haters, uh, telling them to shut up. Uh, yeah. No Chubb though, no no other running back as well. So that's definitely going to hurt. I don't know who's going to be their running back. I'll probably find some dude in the middle of the street on Cleveland. Uh, Mac Mac Jones though does need to limit his throws to the other team. He's had a problem with some interceptions, uh, and I think this third ranked Cleveland defense will give Mac Jones. Uh, the rookie a few problems uh browns rely on baker and i think he should pull out a win at foxborough i'm going low scoring 23 to 20 yeah i've got cleveland as well um obviously right now there's just so much pressure off of cleveland's locker room now that obj is gone um he's a very toxic individual i i would definitely say he's right up there with to type toxic individual for a locker room uh, and he showed it you know, and and I've never heard Baker say a bad thing about uh, Odell through this whole entire situation. He's been a great teammate. He's been a great leader. And, um, you know, obviously Odell has gone on and, and trashed and trashed and trashed. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think that Cleveland is uh, kind of hitting their groove now. They play better without Odell. Um, when they don't have, uh, you know, their better, you know, running backs available, Baker usually rises to the top in those situations, and and they pull it out somehow. So um, I'm completely comfortable with picking Cleveland in that game, and I think they actually win by a touchdown. Um, you know, again, like you said, Mac Jones having some growing pains, but, you know, it's his rookie year. Uh, I think it'll be close. I just think that it's going to be Cleveland in the end. Yeah, uh, Baker's going to have the uh, turnover list, uh, I think, if they want to win, because there is no run game. There's literally no run game uh, to rely on. Four touchdowns. On. I'm calling it. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns? All right. I, I can see that. Uh, <laughs> New England defense isn't – they're pretty mediocre. Uh, yeah. best. I also have Baker as my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> <so>. yeah. <laughs> All right, so speaking of quarterbacks, uh, hope, I know – we know – One's going to be back. We don't know if this other quarterback will be back, but Seattle heads to Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay uh, favored by three, but that's with the uh, perception that Aaron Rodgers will be back. We don't we don't know yet. Probably know next few days. So um, Wilson and Rodgers are going to be a great quarterback matchup. Uh, Packers they won seven in a row with uh, Rodgers at the helm. Uh, they should they should have won eight uh, basically. Uh, but Seattle is second to last in defense. Uh, the Legion of Boom, 12th man, just falling apart uh, recently. Uh, I believe Seattle has a losing record. Um, it's uh, three and five. Three and five. So it's it's going to be a lot to turn it around. Uh, it's, I don't know how healthy Russ will be. I know it's just his finger, but, I mean, he missed a long uh, period of time. See if he's rusty. See if that uh, finger is actually uh, working. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Rodgers is back, I, I don't expect this game to be close at all. Uh, snow in the forecast, actually, for this game. Uh, so nope. it's going to be a must-watch uh, in Lambeau. Uh, I think Green Bay wins 31-17. Seattle just hasn't been the same in the last few years, and uh, we'll see how Russ does when he gets back. But I don't think it should be uh, MVP type. 
Weird stuff always happens when Seattle and Green Bay get together. So it just makes sense there's going to be snow. So it's going to be weird, and it's going to be in snow. So I'm just excited for it. I I don't know what it is about snow football games that got awesome. me so excited whenever Amazing. I was growing up. It was, it's just the most fun thing to watch, but it's like the most awful – <laughs> it's the most awful football that you could possibly watch, but it's just, it's like a train wreck. You just can't take your eyes off the screen. I, I remember watching Tom Brady. He had like two pairs of gloves on in like 2006 and it's in the snow and they're going up against the Raiders. And I mean, it, it, it was, it was insane. And I just, I don't know why I just love those type of games, but um, home team, I'm taking green Bay in this. Seattle is just a shell of themselves defensively from, like you said, the Legion of Boom years. But um, I'm going with Green Bay in that one. Yeah, I've been to one snow NFL game, and it offense looked awful. Uh, (laughs) We we had Drew Locke at quarterback, so, I mean, it it wasn't going to be good anyways. Uh, Defensive fans will be pleased, but. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then then this team, I don't even know what to make of this team. Uh, Kansas City at Las Vegas. Uh, Kansas City's favored by two and a half for some reason. Uh, You trying to go to Vegas and bet on the Raiders for this game? Like, come on. What do you got in this game? Man, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've actually been, uh, I've actually been talking to this girl. She's Kansas State, uh, she's a Kansas City fan. I'm, I'm picking Kansas City for that, but it's gonna be close. Um, it's kind of one of those games. You, you have both quarterbacks are really looking just not the way that anybody expected them to look this year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has had a lot of troubles uh, throwing the ball to the wrong team. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that it's going to be a defensive game. I'll say 24-17 Kansas City. You think Kansas City puts up 24 points? I don't know if they can put up that many points. That's a lot. I'm being, I'm being cautiously optimistic is what I'm being right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, Derek Carr, he's looked, he looked really good this year. I know last week they looked awful, but there was just so much going on with Las Vegas and uh, Henry Ruggs situation. So you kind of expected it to not be as good. Absolutely. But otherwise, uh, they've got three losses on the year. I mean, we kind of expected last week to be one, but hey, right. he's, he's looked really good. Uh, this this is my lock of the week. I, I'm taking oh, Vegas man. in the points, man. Come there on. At Vegas, too. They're not playing at Arrowhead. Um, Mahomes is just. Out, Mahomes was outperformed by uh, Love last week, which, oh, my goodness. Um, but Carr, uh, having a good year. I, I just can't trust Mahomes in that defense right now. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't yeah. trust Mahomes. I, I can't I, – I don't understand how I'm saying that. But um, I'm going Vegas 27 to 21, actually. So I, I got them putting up 21 points. There you go. <laughs> so no, we're, we're somewhat on the same page there, you know what I mean? So, okay. Maybe a late That's touchdown. Uh, but <laughs> – all right, let's pick our final game of the day. Uh, Philadelphia at Denver. Denver favored by two and a half. Who you got in this one? And, you know, the NFC East is just bad, bad, bad. And, you know, obviously Jalen's in Philadelphia. Um, doesn't have a whole lot of people to throw to. Uh, we just watched Steve, uh, Denver's defense put on a, a show last week. So I'm not too keen on picking the Eagles in this game. So I'm taking the Broncos. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a lot like last week. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot like last week. I think you can see Denver dominate. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is. I mean, they've what, what are they four and five right now? 
Jalen, no, they're three and six. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had that loss. They should have won last week against the yeah. Chargers. Uh, but yeah, Denver just coming off that massive win, thirty to nothing, basically, basically thirty nothing. They got two uh, touchdowns late, thirty to sixteen over Dallas. But listen to this: last week, uh, Philly's defense versus the Chargers, zero interceptions, zero sacks. Or, or this is the Chargers' offense: uh, zero interceptions, give up zero sacks, zero punts. Mm-hmm. Uh, zero QB hurries, uh, and they let the Chargers go to the Philadelphia 27-yard uh, line at least every possession, yeah. at least the 27-yard line every possession. So <laughs> I, that is tank season right there. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been carrying, but that defense is in full tank mode. That That is – this is the NFL. You can't force a punt or a quarterback hurry, and you're letting the other team go to the 27-yard line. Uh, you're, I'm not picking them to win this game. Uh, this, this may be a lock of the week too. uh, Denver, uh, they're looking hot after that three and zero start. They had, uh, they lost four straight, but I think they're looking a little better. Teddy Bridgewater has actually been statistically the best quarterback in the NFL the last two weeks, Teddy two hands. Um, so I'm taking Denver, uh, 24, uh, to 13 in this one. Jaron Hart has been playing pretty good football, just no defense. Yeah. I, you know, it's hard to really imagine Philadelphia with a defense. I mean, outside of a couple players here and there, I know they had Javon Kirst for a few years on the defensive line. They had Brian Dawkins uh, as a safety, probably one of the best safeties in the league, honestly, back then. Yeah. Um, and, you know, outside of that, it's just Philadelphia is not known for their defense, but they always used to be able to whip it together when they played against the Cowboys. And, <laughs> Here I am, still sad, 20-some-odd years later, waiting on another Super Bowl. <laughs> At least you have a decent quarterback, I guess. At least you well, have- you know, when he's, when he's, you know, not, you know, getting blown over in the wind or, you know, <laughs> getting dropped two inches really hard, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's it for the NFL. Anything else to add uh, NFL-wise? Uh, I don't think so, man. I, I'm just – I really would love to see Jerry Judy get some points this week. He's also on my fantasy team. I'm just like, yeah, man. I think I, anyone I'm, playing Philadelphia is going to get some points this week. I'd yeah. play all the entire Denver offense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, I mean, the, the big thing for me, obviously, is, uh, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how Dallas bounces back from that. And um, I really want to see what how Denver follows up that win because that was big. That was Who does really Dallas big. play? Uh, Dallas plays uh, the Falcons. So, yeah. back. but we struggle with the Falcons a lot. So I just I don't know. I'm, I'm again cautiously optimistic <laughs> that they're gonna bounce back. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, actually, before I let you go, I want to get your. I didn't ask you your. Uh, what do you think the final four will be for college football, and then your national championship picks? Well, so uh, final four. I, think that, I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see uh, we're going to see probably Georgia at number one. I don't see them losing to Alabama. Um, I, I think that you're going to see Cincinnati and Oklahoma at two or three in whatever order. Uh, you know, obviously, I think that they're both going to win out. Um, I don't think that it'll be necessarily pretty on both sides the entire time, but I think that um, I think that they'll definitely be in the top four, and then. That fourth team, the fourth team is the one that I've really been struggling with. It's because the Big Ten team, right? Yeah, one I mean, the Big Ten. In one way, I want to lean and I want to go Notre Dame. You know, just because yeah. it seems like it, it could be that type of a situation. Just because obviously it seems like it's that way with Georgia every year. So why wouldn't we do the same thing with Notre Dame? 
Um, no, I think that I think Oregon sneaks in. I think that Oregon will sneak in at number four. Um, but I think that it's going to be Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, in whatever order there, and then Oregon. Yeah, I agree. And I think we both can agree on Georgia as our national champion. No. Really? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with my original pick that I've had, not just this year, but five years ago down the line when Lincoln Riley became head coach. 2021 was a year that everybody in Oklahoma social media had circled. With the change at quarterback and just the way that the defense and the team is playing, all the guys that we've got coming back, the Luis is going to be coming back here pretty soon. I think that we're going to find a way. It just seems like this team is just destined to find a way. They've done it in every single game. They It hadn't been pretty at a lot of times, but they've just found a way to win, and that's what great teams do. That's what championship teams do. I think that Oklahoma has the opportunity. I think they have the team. I think they have the grit. And, you know, you look at what's got them there. Baker got us our swag back. You know what I mean? Kyler got us our, our tenacity back, you know, and then you've got Jalen came in and he taught us how to win and, and you know, what, what uh, winning teams have and characterize themselves off of. And then you had Spencer, who was the gamer last year, you know what I mean? And then now you have Caleb, who's just Superman, that's just making these ridiculous things happening all over the field. I think that the stars are aligned. I think that this is just going to be one of those years where Sooner Magic just reigns supreme. And we've already seen a lot of it this year, so why not see some more? Give me Oklahoma. <laughs> I picked OU in the beginning of the year, too, but it was over Clemson. Uh, it doesn't yeah. look so good of a pick right now. I don't oh, think Clemson's going to win. I've got Oklahoma. All right. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're uh, – Remind everyone uh, what you do and uh, where we can find you. Uh, Grass News, where can we find you? Absolutely. And, again, Braxton, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. This is really fun. Um, but, again, all you guys can follow me on Twitter. Just look for the Prairie Report or Prairie Report OU is the at. And uh, just look for me in, in there. Little uh, little red profile picture, the most chaotic, neutral Oklahoma account out there, Grass News, as does by uh, Burgers and Brats. And, uh, yeah, man, just uh, come out, have a good time, joke around a lot, enjoy game days, you know, celebrate together, cry together, and figure it out, you know. <laughs> All right, Matt, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, everyone, thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow anywhere uh, you get your podcast at Burgers and Brats, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, anywhere else. And then stay up to date with latest news on Twitter and Instagram. And hopefully you're watching on YouTube at Burgers and Brats. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Stay safe. Uh-